Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Wazi Circus Radio, the show where I sit down with the most amazing people that I've met in over a decade of professional skydiving and kind of hanging out, man. Uh, happy Monday, Gras. We are, I don't know the day today, but we are going to Cali in a couple days. Yo, stop what you're doing right now. Like, subscribe, and please leave a comment. That's what it says. Okay, shout out to our Patreon patriots. Yo, without you, we can't get the wheels up. We've got a lot done. You can track what we've got done. We got the jerseys. We got the website. We're going big. We need new cameras. We need the pivot cam by Ross. We'll figure that out. Uh, leave what you think it's worth, and we'll keep on bringing you hot shit. WazzyCircus.com is up. You can check out the jerseys, the suits, the adventures. The Canopy Adventure is on Thursday. Right now, it is Monday. We're gathering gear. There's 15 of us coming to Cali. First stop's the tunnel, baby. Right on. Our toast to life today is Buffalo Trace. Uh, my guest wanted a bourbon, and I found the best bourbon. Well, that's what the guy said it was. And this is what Joe Rogan talks about all the time. They're a sponsor of Rogan. They've been around since 1775. Um, here we go. The bold heritage of the mighty buffalo and the individuality and pioneering spirit of those early Americans are again found in Buffalo Trace, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Bourbon Whiskey. I know Scott just Were the Scott original and... Americans pioneering, or were they just here? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that depends who you consider an American. Okay. I, I think uh, they maybe consider that's what the, I'm getting at. The other ones were Americans. Okay. <laughs> These were the Americans, because they could shoot from the trains as they went by and slaughter everything. Mm -hmm. They were the Americans. Have you seen the beef eater, vodka? Um, Gin. Yeah, yeah. The dude on front with the rifle. Okay. They used to hang out of the trains and shoot. Dude, the beef eater. So they were hired to wipe out the buffalo population to bring in the cattle drives. That's what beef eater's about. Those dudes. In, in the, England? Yeah, they came here. They were hunters in their velvety fucking little coats, <laughs> right? And they were here to wipe out the buffalo population. Because with the buffalo here, we wouldn't need cattle. If there were thousands of buffalo to eat, why would we need these cattle? So, I don't know. So those guys would hang out of the trains and just shoot buffalo across the plains. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They this were just news. Yeah, it's crazy shit. So that's what those guys are I dressed up I thought they just like. sort of like picked their nose out in front of Buckingham Palace. Yeah, nope. They come here and kill shit. Then they go pick their mm -hmm. nose because the queen wouldn't allow that shit. <laughs> All right, my, <laughs> my guest today, my buddy David Ansel, he's the soup peddler. He is, listen, fuckers, if you've been to Austin Tunnel, we go to eat at the soup peddler. He's got six locations. Is it all organic? It's all fresh and awesome. It's partially organic. Yeah, it's yeah. like really yeah. vibrant food. Handmade. Really yeah. vibrant food. Like, you're not there making shit, Dave. I've never seen you make me a sandwich dog. No, sir. So your people are making vibrant <laughs> food, right? No, but it's awesome. It's called the Austin's Premier Liquid Emporium. It's a mashup between a soup joint and a juice bar. But that's like generic, man. This is just like really delicious stuff you'll crave a couple days later, man. The basil pesto provolone sandwich is one of my favorites, man. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I eat there. So to meet the soup peddler, I had to meet a certain amount of money spent over a couple, whatever. And I hit the bonus to play a game of chess, and we just hit it off. Participated in our frequent flyer program. The frequent flyer. This yeah. guy is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so zero skydives, not even curious in flying. No, I mean, I might have um, problems with motion sometimes. So. Everybody has problems with motion sometimes, and yeah. everybody's scared of heights, bro. It's, it's okay to be scared. David Ansel, the soup peddler. Thank you. Very, very happy to be here. I'm so stoked you're here. You just introduced me to hot water and bourbon. Brand new to me, and it tastes like wood tea? Wood tea. This is my, like, winter drink. Right. How did you come across this? It's a peanut butter and chocolate moment, you know. Oh, yeah. You know. You did it. I, I Well, like, I... I I didn't, want like a, a, I didn't want a toddy. Didn't uh -huh. want a hot toddy. Okay. Because it seems ridiculous to even say that. <laughs> you know? It, it is a ridiculous sound. But anyway, I just thought, you know, because I'm, I'm always making different formulas for things. Like, that's what right. I, I sit in my office for the past 20 years thinking about what things to put together and how you know, to sell. Right. So I'm always thinking about that. Right. So. You always put water in bourbon. You put ice in bourbon. Well, how about hot water? 
Yeah. And then it just became like a, uh, a habit. It just opened it up. It opens it up. Yeah, exactly. It's more of an experience. Yeah. I think the cold isolates it into yeah. a, a, a beam almost like it's a... That's right. Right? And this is your whole palate. I agree. That's exactly right. That's delicious. Man. Yeah. It's really nice, you guys. So Buffalo Trace with some hot water. Let's get this bottle down. Yo, shout out to Buffalo Trace. Shout out to Patreon Patriots. Shout out to everybody that supports the show. Um, I just got to address something. I'm not going to address it. It's cool. Okay. Hey, mixed, verti- mixed vertical piloting is awesome. Just check it out. So, Mr. Ansel. We had a, like, we really have already established rapport. Yeah. Everyone should know that. <laughs> like, we, we spend an hour uh, chewing the fat. We don't need to establish okay, rapport. Okay, here. okay, okay. You, you don't need to call me Mr. I know, man. Yeah. Hey, your story's so cool to me, man. Thank you. It is. It is. So, I don't know where to start, but one of the most interesting things is the music you play. It's really interesting to, to somebody like me mm-hmm. from my background that has no access to it. Uh, um, my experience with Jewish culture is my entire religion, obviously, right, mm-hmm. which people don't even recognize that Christianity is Judaism. It is, sillies. And, um, you know... Wazel Tov, Wazel Tov, Lachaim, um, Bar Mitzvah. You got a good chet. <laughs> you got a good chet. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Bar Mitzvahs. Uh, and that's about the extent mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and I mean, I, I grew up in like a suburban uh, Jewish experience, where, which kind of traditionally would be, you would go to Hebrew school, you would get Bar Mitzvah, and then you would sort of never set foot in synagogue again. Okay. Until... You have kids, and then ultimately, then you realize, like, oh, wow, this has, the cycle, this has value. You need to, like, right, re, yeah. get it, reinvest. Um, what a beautiful thing. But I had, you know, a, I had a really special uh, reconnection with Judaism along the way, which was my ex-girlfriend's family, which took Judaism from being something that I was not, I didn't consider very much. I didn't wasn't, like, proud of it. Didn't think it was cool. It wasn't part of my, like... Uh, identity. It wasn't part of my identity. It wasn't part of my, like, search. You know, mm. I was a you know young collegiate stoner. My search had more to do with the Grateful Dead. It had more to do with, you know, uh, what do you, spirituality. Spirituality. You know? That was the word I was going to ask. That's I what would you have been reading, for. like, the Celestine Prophecy at age, I like, loved it. 18 or something. I read right? the Celestine and then the Tenth Prophecy because I was in it, man. You're in it. If you went to the sequel, so you know. But then, like my uh, my big ex, we call her my big ex. She brought me to Austin, and you know her family was. Uh, you call her the big ex. My big ex. Yeah. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for fun. Okay. We're still in touch. We're still very civil and very close, right actually. Uh, Does she know you call her big ex? I don't know. Yeah, that's fun. Okay. So we, but her family was like really, they made it super fun. They really made it fun. They made it interesting. The religion the or religi- the teachings? Well, the, uh, or just the, tr- the culture? The, um, ritual. You know, the so ritual. the Shabbat, which is the, we okay. talked about the, yeah. you know, the se- weekly Sabbath. And they were a musical family. Uh-huh. So. So let's explain Shabbat. Yeah. So, so all of Judaism is reading the same text. Right. Oh, oh. So there's, a, you know, the cycle over the three of the cycle. The three years yeah. they read the the old. Is it the Old Testament? Yes. Is that it? That's the Torah. Is the Torah and the Old Testament the same thing? No, the Old Testament. We're gonna get off topic, and but the Old there's, Testament. No, there is con- no topic. The Old Testament consists of three collections: the Torah, which is the five books of Moses. Okay. The prophets. Yes. Which is like Ezekiel, Jeremiah. And then it gets into writings. The writings. So Ketuvim. Oh, Kings, the Deuteronomy, the, the Chronicles. You're mixing them all up. They're all, yeah. Yeah, okay. But those are all Old Testament books, and they're from sort of three different epochs. Really? And, yeah, that that is the canon of, you know, Old Judaism. So the Torah but, isn't all the Old Testament. It's right. just a piece of the Old Testament. Yeah. And then you take that piece out and read that over three years? So you read... Pieces of the Torah split it up over a three-year cycle, and also each section of the Torah gets matched up with um, connected, sort of obliquely connected pieces of the prophets and the writings. Okay, just because it lines up, it does. So there, there may be these 
two sections that right. you read, and you and part of the part of the practice is to connect them. And so each week, right. the rabbi or the bar mitzvah or the bat mitzvah of the yeah. synagogue will be um, reading. Hold on, I thought a bar mitzvah was a party. Bar mitzvah. Oh yeah. Well, the bar mitzvah means son of 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 good deeds, or bat mitzvah means a daughter of. Of, of good deeds. Oh, so know. it doesn't mean a party of coming of age like a quinceanera or something. It, well, you know, it's being used in English that way. But the bar okay. mitzvah is the person. Oh, like the rabbi. Yeah. Well, the bar mitzvah is the kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm confused. Each, you know, each week at a synagogue, uh-huh. there will be honor, you know, different kids who are coming of age, having the coming of age. Oh, ceremony. every week, I guess. Generally, so. globally, yeah. Duh. So, okay, I'm sorry. The job of the rabbi or the bar mitzvah would be to kind of like say a Devar Torah, a word of Torah. Oh, to, to the to whole con- church. To the whole synagogue. So that's, that's part of coming of age. Yeah, you stand connecting in front those of pieces. the whole synagogue. Yeah, and not only like reciting it. Yeah. reciting it in this ancient language, you know. Aramaic? No, 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 it's Hebrew. Hebrew. They go straight Hebrew, okay. Which is a whole topic unto itself. Okay. Um, because it's the only language that's ever fallen out of popular use and come back as as a lingua franca of a like of a nation. Okay. Thousands of years it was not used as a at all. As a conversational language. So how who resurrected it? Um this guy, uh, Ben Yehuda. Uh-huh. In the late One guy. Yeah. In the late nineteen hundreds as part of the Zionist project. Okay. They decided we're gonna need a language. Well we should use Hebrew. Because that's what they used to speak. Well, because that was that's the language of the that's the liturgical language. What is liturgical? Liturgical is like the, that's the language of the you know, prayers and things. Right, right, right. It's what's used. Like so, Latin. he he kind of recodified it as a conversational language. I don't know what he had to do in terms of like inventing new words, but it's a it's a really cool language. And so then it, now it's what what platform did he have that he could affect a whole people? Was part of the Zionist enterprise. It was okay. I mean, like, so he was he was a guy they listened to. I guess, obviously, you know, that's pretty rad. It's crazy. It's it's a very strange story for a language to have. Yeah, to be resurrected. I mean, yeah. brought back. Yeah, and now it's like that's awesome. So, so okay, so the kids coming of age, they they speak. The, that's got to be intimidating. So they have to learn this hieroglyphic mm-hmm. thing, and mm-hmm. it is slightly pictographic. You know, the language, okay. the the character set. And um, oh, in Hebrew, the language, yeah. the, the 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 characters are somewhat pictographic. pictographic. Yeah, wow. somewhat. Uh, okay, that's cool. I haven't seen it. I so some ancient Hebrew. Yeah, so the kids have to. Yeah, you know, my daughter just went through this. She you know, she has to decipher, learn it. Not only so when they're learning Torah, they're not only learning the lang- this hieroglyphic language, but they're also learning trope, which is. There are markings on it that show the melody. Okay, of how it should, of be, how it should spoken? be sung. Okay, and there's also markings that have like the vowels. So the vowels are markings below the letters. The trope is markings above the letters and sometimes below. And then they have to read this hieroglyphic language. And then on the actual day, they take away all those special markings. And they just have to know. Yeah, and they just have to know. And then they have to speak on, on the lesson of right. that particular section of the week, and they have to like kind of like show demonstrate their mental you know acuity to connect the to dots. connect the dots and yeah. Um, I've read the stories a lot, and what I've realized lately is there was it's at the beginning is the stories of what happened, and then when the prophets come in. It's like the story of the prophets that were there four or five years before the things happened and of what they're saying and what happened to them. And then all the shit happened. Like if you read the stories, all the shit happened. And when I read it, I'll Google where are those cities today, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll look and it's like, <clears throat> yeah, there's nothing but owls and jackals. There's nothing there. It's gone. Those cities are gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, believe what you want. The stories are there and like, you know, the prophets said whatever, and they, you know, they did whatever to the prophets, and then all the shit happened. 
the prophets were probably i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this but like you know like the prophets were just like lunatics or were they dude or were they you know they may have just been lunatics, or they may have just been especially open people who were like open to the spirit. I think it was superly, superly respected, though. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, yeah. they were babbling homeless people. These right. people had position. They were, like, kings would send people to them and, like, go inquire this person. They, in fact, the stories of Jewish kings mm. disguising themselves, mm. right, so they could go. And speak directly because they want to know what the prophet, even though, and like they show up and the prophet be like, didn't you kill everybody I know? They're like, please, I won't kill you. Just please help me. Mm. Like it's in the book, dude. It's crazy. Down, so, so who, I mean, th- where are the prophets today? Are they like, well, they're, the they're hedge fund managers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry if you guys are really You sorry. know, that's the thing. Like, would we even recognize a prophet? Right now, they get drowned you're, you're, out. You're, uh, they get drowned you got out. Got a bunch behind you. Yeah, yeah. they get drowned out. Um, you know, I mean, we they would be considered time. lunatics. You know, right? Um, Until the shit happens. And well, we're sitting in Alex Jones's yeah. ex studio right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gotta stop bringing that up. It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. He sat right there, dude. Yeah. It's uh, weird to me too. But um, I'm not into religion as like a literalist thing. Okay. You know, and I think a lot, you know, a lot of the modern clergy are not into it in in that terms. My my favorite rap, you know, my very close rabbi friend is, uh, I think like a lot of modern clergy would don't believe in a, um, in a supernatural deity. Really? Really. Really? What is I, it? Just I would say laws? That, yeah, How I would say work? that, you know, the that the that because if you if you do uh-huh. believe in a supernatural deity, uh-huh. you're sort of doing it what you're doing is sort of claiming it as your own mm-hmm. and negating the claims of other faiths. And Maybe. we're we're in such a cross cultural place right now that that seems insane. Yeah, that's insane to do. Right. What you, what you just described is insane. It's insane. So, like, yeah. you, you cannot wreck. They can't do that to you, and you can't do it to I mean, you can still believe in a supernatural deity. But that doesn't exclude. That doesn't exclude. But, like, I, I would say that. I would say you're right from a perspective, maybe a hardcore Christianity perspective, or maybe a Muslim perspective. Maybe one of the foundationals, if you are fundamentalist, then, yeah, that's ridiculous. But, like, okay. The point is, like, if you throw away the idea of a supernatural deity, then uh-huh. you are relying on the wisdom of your tradition. Right. And you're valuing the wisdom of your tradition and feeling like it is applicable universally. To life. Yeah. But where, where do they say the root of it's from? Who, Abraham. Well, it's from, well, it's from all these stories, which may or may not be real. They may or may not be from crazy people. They may or may not be. They may have been the result of a long game of telephone over the ages and written uh, down by different scribes of, here and there. Of, there's a lot of evidence that shows a lot of these stories had some value, man. Like the cities are real. Yeah. The waste is real. The the the, the wars were real. The kings were real. There's, right. There's mm-hmm. there's records of kings with these names, you know. So it's not yeah, all certainly. like. You're not gonna like prove the burning bush or you know any of this business, but like. I could prove a burning bush uh, to you. <laughs> You can pr- prove the plausibility of it. I'm just being silly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's supposed to be the acacia so, plant. But like you know, it's the acacia plant, which has oh. a lot of dimethyltryptamine and some DMT in it. You'd make a great uh, Asia Torah. That's, a, that's this particular brand of uh, Jerusalemite who likes to prove to you know, scientific thinkers that all these things are possible. Well, yeah. They're possible. The universe is all possible. But the but the more value comes uh-huh. from but the more value. It comes from finding, you know, the the universal messages in the wisdom of your faith, you know, okay. it, of the for yourself. Well, not for, just for yourself, but uh, for your community and to welcome others into your community and share what you're proud of in your community and uh, and yeah, like I think that's really. That's what I want. I don't want 
and this is what me and this rabbi like jived on. Like we don't mm-hmm. want it to be a closed tent. We want it to be an open tent. It's not right. like you have to have a membership to be. So you believe it's like bringing the deity in closes the tent? Um, a little bit. But see, you know, I just the membership idea, sort of. Right, 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 right. And but, also, uh, like, but we isn't have the, it very the hard? The bloodline thing Judaism? also closes yeah. it. That's. You can't get in if you're not a registered family. You got to prove something to be Jewish, or you got to no, like. You have to convert. You have to like. Uh, so you, anyone can convert to Judaism, or yeah. isn't there like tests and trials and payments and things? Um, I heard no. it's not easy. Like uh, if you yeah, want to marry a Jewish girl, it's really you tough. You gotta want it. You gotta want it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've had friends that have done it. They're like, "Oh my god, dude, you have no idea." Or like it's awesome, but her family's serious. Yeah, I mean, if you want to yeah. have access to all the Jewish jokes, yeah. then you, know, <laughs> you got to... Right. You know, but what a beautiful thing, man. And, like, all of you guys are in sync on the on the readings and the teachings. That's Even a cool the, thing. That's yeah. a really cool thing. Yeah. The Mormons do that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think I was telling you about that. Like, mm-hmm. they all are reading or studying the same thing each week, all of them, right. globally. Mm-hmm. And then from that, there's all kind of podcasts weekly that are out studying the same things they're studying so what an opportunity Mm -hmm. you know to have a subject each week that's really cool it is i think it's really cool and like but it's not a uh what do they call it monolithic uh we're not monolithic like you cannot i cannot understate how diverse the political opinions of jews are Mm -hmm. like jews were the like most leftist you know communists when when you know communism in the early to mid 20th century showed promise of being uh a, you know a, a new revolutionary thought that could even the playing field for people in the world right Is marxism uh well this would be I guess, I guess so. You know, these were okay. the Jews were like big supporters of of the communists in the right. Spanish Civil War, right? To today we have arch conservative Jews, you know, in Israel mm-hmm. and in the states. Yeah. You know, so that's everything in between. Do you think it's it's a retraction from the struggles and shit like we got to consolidate and take care of ourselves instead of being a whole community thing? Oh, move to conservatism? Yeah. No, I think the the move to conservatism uh has to do with with Zionism. Which is how would you define Zionism? Uh I'm sorry to put yeah, you on the yeah, spot, yeah. Dave. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would just say, you know, like the this is gonna I, I don't know if I We're both we're not we're yeah. not experts, man. We're just having yeah. fun. No, You're I, just educating me. Zionism is, you know, the belief in the in the value of the Jewish state and you know. Right, that they're claimed to Jerusalem. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But what, in reality, what that, the political reality is that it requires being a tough motherfucker right. to defend it, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, you're surrounded by a sea of fucking people that don't like you. Right. That's wild. Is there any, I mean, this is, uh, the, I mean, then, we're, that's not, then, hold on, hold on, yeah. I'm going to ask. Is there a solution to that shit? I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about it. I know I want to walk down the streets and mm-hmm. touch the walls. I want to go to the wall. Right. Oh, we talked about I want to pray. Right? Yeah. I want to go to the mosque and see where Muhammad yeah. got his thing. I want to see where Solomon's. I want to. I just love. I just love religion. I want to see. Oh, I want to see Golgotha. I want to walk yeah. around in like the Via Dolorosa. Breed. You can walk the whole Via Dolorosa. Um. The was that the the Sea of Galilee mm-hmm. is there? Yeah. It's like. It's all real. So if, I mean, I think Americans get this weird perception that, like, those places aren't real because they're not in America, mm-hmm. right? There's some distant place. But everything in the Bible is a real place. You can walk around and drive mm-hmm. around and see this shit and be there. Like, from Mount Ararat to wherever. Mm-hmm. The Mount Olives is real. Yep. Right? Like, that's, it's just a place you could just go walk. And I'm sure they've got, like, something to sell you some water or something <laughs> <laughs> you know but like have you you've been in yeah. Jerusalem yeah yeah it's wild Are it's like the mega big? it's a mega mega historical site and if people could just 
chill out and realize that they don't have a claim to a supernatural God and that all that really needs to be done is for us to celebrate our own and each other's cultural poetry, mm -hmm. then we could all be sharing this phenomenal historical place. Area. Yeah. I mean, who fights about poetry? You can't fight, like, <laughs> who has, like, That's if you right. limit your perception of your own religion to a poetic level, like, you have to, your liturgy, your documents, right. and you look at it as poetry, this instead is where I stand. Of, instead of doctrine. Yeah. Right. This is our poetry. You know what? You're not going to fight about poems. I had to read the Bible without the heaviness to get through it. Mm. Right? I had to remove it and just read it as a book for me to actually get it. And I've read it so many times. I read it a lot. And I get it. I, I, mean, I see what you're saying. Because you have to remove it. Otherwise, everything's too heavy. Mm. And like you can't accept another. If I like accepted that, I could read the Bhagavad Gita either or the Quran. But I can because it's awesome. Right. And there's so many lessons. And it's all kind of the same thing. And if you think about it, sons of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many mm. sons had Father Abraham. <laughs> right? The Muslims and the Jews were brothers. They're yeah. brothers. It's like me and my brother, and we split and got mad at each other, and our kids hate each other. Mm. Our great, 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 great grandkids hate each other. It's all it is. It's all the same Completely. family. Man. It's so crazy. You know, I had to sit at my dinner table with my daughter. You know, like, you know, a child has brilliant questions, right? Mm hmm and I, you know, we're talking about Judaism because I am bringing her up in the Jewish faith, and she's very involved. And you know, she's playing in our band, which is a Jewish music project. Sweet. You know, I had to say to her, you know, from my perspective, like we're talking about this story, this holiday, whatever it was. I was like, remember, like none of this is actually real. Because if you say that that that's real, you're saying that someone else's story. Isn't real. Right, 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 right. You know, they're all poetic. They're all awesome. The Bhagavad Gita, like, crazy stories. The crazy Bible. stories. Crazy stories. Crazy stories. And they're great. They're crazy stories. Yeah. If you could read them yeah. without all the heaviness, mm -hmm. it's crazy awesome yeah. stories. It's awesome. They're it's great stories. It's just insane stories. that, like, it, it, that, and I, I blame it on the masculine gender you know for not being able to recognize this you know mm -hmm. that that we all have the same interests we all have the same you know like searching in life and yeah and, but some people use it manipulate it for power yeah. man oh yeah they can, the, it's for control they can course. see the power and the control is not all about the beauty yeah that's yeah. pretty cool man See, mm. that's what I'm saying, man. David Ansel. <laughs> Why won't you jump out of a plane, man? What's your deal? What are you scared of? You think you're the one? You think you're the one that's going to crash the plane or blow up the parachute? It you're doesn't, special? It doesn't even... Uh, it doesn't occur to me it's something to do, you know? <laughs> uh, it's so beautiful, though, dude. I believe it. Yeah, I've seen the videos, and those are good. Yeah. I'm, you know, watch that on a big screen TV. That's pretty... <laughs> pretty lifelike. Uh, no, I said, like, I have... Uh, I'm not the greatest with like motion. So you get motion sickness. Yeah, sick? that's why you don't come to the tunnel. Because I've had, invited you yeah. twice, and you've always come up with clever ideas of why you can't do mm. it. See, that's easy to get out of. But like for like a boat, you get on a boat and you're like fucking oh, you're captive. Stuck. Yeah, you're, you're stuck. Yeah. Um, you don't like boats. No. No. <laughs> Be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like boats. That's fine. It's really because you just can't get out. You can't. But like, uh, I like I like canoeing and stuff like that. But you, you can't know. get out because if you guys take off, it's hard to go back, yeah. right, Doc? That's funny. Yeah, bring man. it, take it back, take it. Back. So, really cool story. You're staying in a community house with a bunch of artists in early Austin, right? Okay. And then you guys are having potlucks, and you told me potlucks are never lucky, right? So you start taking old stuff out of the fridge and people haven't used, and you start making these concoctions, man. Mm. You know you're like a chemist, right? It's what it is. It's what you've done is you've taken things and created something. You might else. say alchemist. Yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. A foodimist. I don't know. That was dumb, but 
No, Alchemist takes yeah. you know things of a very low value and creates something of, of high value. Oh, I thought it just lead to gold, but I guess it's just low well, value to high value. Well, gotcha. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, at a, on a yeah metaphoric level, soup making is alchemical in that right. regard, right? So, right. like, are you going to sit and eat an onion? Like, no, right? So, but it, onions, a carrot, celery, then you build this yeah. base, and then right, you take bones that are the discards of the culture, uh-huh. and you simmer them. You know, like we make our chicken stock, like I said. Yeah, your bean broth. Overnight. Bean, your beef broth. Beef broth. Bone, bone broth. Beef bone broth. You know, we cook those overnight. You know, that, those How are. How do you do that? What is that? Uh, like, can you t- say low simmer, eight yeah, hours, four hours, three hours? Up to 48 hours. Like, depending. Holy like, if shit. we're not going to use it for a day, we'll uh-huh. leave it on. Right. Wow. Just bones and water. Yeah. Uh, bones and water. And we have a 100-gallon kettle and an 80-gallon kettle for our stock kettles. Mm-hmm. And then then we take and you know, drain those out, and we make uh, the soups and these other devices that are like 40-gallon devices. Delish. Yeah. So it's basically it's a very it's a very normal cooking process. It's just like on a l- larger scale. Right. You know. Right, right. So what were the original soups? Because you got on a bicycle – and literally peddled soups to people's doors. Yeah. So Soup Peddler was a, uh, in fact, the Soup Peddler brand didn't come until a couple weeks into the project when I was like sitting in my little catbird seat in my this like fantastical clock tower castle that I lived in in South Austin, like overlooking the downtown skyline. I would... You know, sit and dream up stuff. And the soup peddler was one of the things I dreamed up. So finally, like, a couple weeks into the project, I came up with the joke, you know, the soup peddler. Right. Um, But you were literally peddling soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a, uh, you know, the Yellow Bike Project. You familiar with that? No. It's like they take sort of discards of bike things and parts and stuff, and they are a nonprofit, and you can go and learn how to be a, you know, bike mechanic put stuff together, fix your bikes. It's like a low cost. In Austin. Yeah. Still here? Still here, yeah. But uh, at the time, it was... Yellow Bike Project. At the time, it was a... Um, it was right behind my house. It was a block away in South Austin. Uh, right by the, right down by the creek, uh, Bolden Creek. Mm-hmm. And it was this sort of like ramshackle couple sheds behind this old house. And my bike got stolen one day. Sucks. Where? Right? Out of my garage. Oh. Out of the alley, little Kalichi alley back there. And um, so I was walking around and I was like, man, I bet the answer's right here in this yard of like 500 bike frames. Like, right. You know, they didn't have my bike, but I went in there. I was like, what, what is this place? It's like, oh, you can come build a bike. So I went and built the Soup Peddler bike. And was it the three wheel bike that's on the low? No, no, no. I know it's not. That's not you a three wheel. Giant, like, that's a. That's an old school penny farthing. That's that's a penny farthing. Okay. Yeah, that's the yeah. name of the bike. So that, that uh, took the logo. Yeah, dope. Before, like, I I was ahead of my time. I have to say, like the bespoke. Uh huh. You know, but it was it was cool. Like the retro bike. We um, but I built a suit peddler bike, which I still ride to this day. And you still you know, have so it. It's my daily. Yeah, like. My regular bike. Is it yellow? It's yellow. It happens to be yellow. That's okay. just by coincidence. And, um, but, you know, that was, that was like a door. That was, I was on this sort of little magic conveyor belt in my life back then. I talked to you a little bit about that. Where, yeah. like, you know, it's just, you're, you're finding your way, you're finding your life. Right. You are passionate, you're expressing, you're open, and doors open in front of you mm-hmm. and they're open it's not by magic but it's it's magic it's not magic it's it's an interpersonal magic yeah yeah that, it's an interpersonal it's an like, energy ex- okay energetic not, a ma- not a magic yeah. but it's energy yeah 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 so um so you just okay this is going kind of celestial but did you just start following coincidences come on it helps right because you recognize them after reading the book right right I don't. I didn't recognize him before the book. I don't think I would have called him a coincidence. Now mm. I follow him. 
you know, and I end up in Costa Rica somewhere. I'm right. telling you, I, yeah, I follow cool. them. Like, it's from the book. Yeah, follow your nose. It's, uh, that's, I right. just call it following your nose. But Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not like, I can't see the energy between the leaves like the book says. Mm, you know right. what I'm saying? But like, oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, but I can hear the ringing in my ears when something's right, kind mm. of. You know, like, um, you know Sadhguru? I mentioned to Sadhguru to you the other day. He's a dude on YouTube. Okay. Um, but he was saying, like, if you can meditate, you know, meditation is a big part of my daily, right? And he's like, when you get there and you find your biggest piece of joy and you're finally clear, then think about your decisions. And he's like, if you find joy in it, that's what you need to do in the death. Mm-hmm. Even if it takes you through hell for 10 years, that's your thing. And he goes, but if it makes you sad when you're happy, when you're thinking about it, mm-hmm. it's the wrong way to go. Yeah, the gut. It, yeah, like, it's a very like simple thing. Peeling away the layers of the intellectual body. Nice. Everything. To, to the be emotional. able to sense the gut. Yes. That's, it's an emo- but it's yeah. bigger than emotion because emotions is a chemical reaction. This is more of a sense. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like on a higher level, like it's like a negative, positive experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so is that the kind of what you were riding at the time? Well, I was, yeah, I, I would say I was just enthusiastic. You know, I was like, uh, how are you I was passionate. Rent? What? Oh, uh, paying rent at the time. You were a student? No, I was a, uh, I was a techie uh, when I moved down here. Oh, because you were already out of school. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I worked in the software. And, and I, this is I, what year? 70? No. <laughs> <laughs> my bad days. Hey, I moved here in 98. Oh, okay. my bad days. So... Uh, what I, you know what you know what fucks it up. This is what fucks it up. The logo, dude. Mm. That penny what what you call the bike? Penny farthing. Yeah, fuck man. I got you in the sixties out here peddling brown. I can see you on the penny farthing curved <laughs> soup, and that's what's fucking me up. No, it was and you're 20, so young. Uh, twenty eight when I started. But the that's why I keep. Yeah. I have this romantic view of the soup peddler back in the fifties mm. on a penny farthing, but that's not true. That's funny. You're in ninety eight. You're in two thousand. Yeah, you so had an iPhone was, and shit. There was no, there were no cell phones. I did have a, oh no, I had a cell phone, but uh, no, it was, it was uh, like I, we had this conversation. I hate to like recap our conversation, but nobody else has heard nobody it. See, that's why we don't talk before the I don't show. Want it to be stilted. It's not stilted, yeah, because so, nobody else has heard it but me right. and you. But it was a time, it was a quieter time. Right. The world was much quieter, and uh, there was no social media, and. Was it a newspaper article that got you up? So, you know, and then culinarily, there was no, there were no, uh, you couldn't be a YouTuber. You couldn't be a, right. there were no uh, food trailers here yet. There was no farmer's markets here. So you couldn't, there were no like pathways into culinary unless you were just sort of like a restaurateur or like went to culinary school or staged in France or whatever right. it was and got a bunch of rest, you know, investors to build a restaurant for you. There's just very, very, very little restaurant wise here in 98. And, uh, and so the fact that I sort of like needled my way into a culinary career was, was very inspiring to a lot of people. And also, since it was so quiet, there weren't very many stories happening there was not very little like, like me happening right so it was a big media thing so like when i told you when the statesman kitty Kreider was the food writer at the time and she had a like pretty boring job like like stouffer frozen entree would come out and she no shit about, i mean i'm just saying like yeah that's what that, it was that's that what it was about. it's not like now wow right, right. Stovers and shit. I'm just saying, like I hear you. Uh, maybe exactly. And the Austin Statesman was the the paper, the yeah. local. So I, when she wrote about me, it was the a, whole front and back of the food section. It was like what a, was the picture? Do we have that? Oh, um, it's not. I don't know if it's on. It's uh something like that photo, but it's it's somewhere. Did you have a basket? You had to have a basket. So I had a um basket to begin with, and then I ended up buying uh. A used baby trailer, burly okay. baby trailer. Yeah, you know, and then uh, putting cutting out a board to make it flat, and then uh, on bulk trash day there was a couple of uh, coolers 
in my neighborhood, so I got the coolers and I strapped them down with bungee cords onto yeah, the. Yeah, hell yeah. There and you so go. Put the soup in there, and because like without, it had a scalability problem from from the get go. I'm sure it got yeah. heavier as it went. Yeah. So before the statesman, what were your deliveries to the league? So well, I already, I may have already had a waiting list at that point. Oh shit. And you're doing your tech job during the day? No, no, no. This is I had already but after the tech job, I sort of like I told you I went to Africa. Yeah. Explain that. Let's go back to that. That yeah. was really cool. No, I just You just decided I'm I need to get the hell out of I'm here. I'm a wanderlust kind of thing. I want to go find myself. Why have Africa? a vision quest? Uh I had a good friend who was living in Johannesburg. Okay. She was a good uh landing spot. Uh-huh. What do you think of when you think Africa? Like Safari, bro. Yeah, you think like different. You have different yeah. visions in your mind. You know, like it's what a, was it like? You know, I had a lot of really cool experiences. You know, very diverse, and um, you know, I went to to Mandela's homeland. I went to um, Robben Island, which is his Alcatraz. Okay. You yeah, know, where he was locked. Went to his cell. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Right, That's and his. you know, so I learned all about. I learned all about apartheid because it was not that the apartheid ended in '89, I think. Okay, so there's not so a whole so lot 10, after that. years after, yeah. And uh, that's intense, bro. And so it was a very, it was a very culturally intense place. But I also, you know, I spent a lot of time reading about, basically, all my time reading about South African history and stuff while I was there. And you know, just the other day was uh reminded of an interaction i had with someone you know we talk about the the heritage of uh you know the racial heritage we have as being americans Mm -hmm. you know it's come more to light like as we've as our eyes have opened our minds have expanded in the past couple years right and different terms have, you know, become more. The whole honest. world is open yeah. to everything. Like right. All things, yeah. Um, you know, we really, I mean, obviously we all know slavery was horrible and like all the, the right. everything that came from that, Jim Crow and et cetera. But getting a deeper understanding, as I think we all have in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. it made me reflect on this moment I had back in South Africa where I like, I was talking to this guy. I was like on the beach or in a bar or something, and uh, he got really angry with me because it was something, you know, it was sort of like a blaming. You know, I was like, you guys are like obviously the worst fucking perpetrators in the modern, you know, era. Mm-hmm. He's like, all we did that was different was give it a name. Mm. It's about an American, because it's another white guy. Yeah. So you were feeling it, and you were like, "This is fucked up." He's like, "Dude, you did it too." Yeah, all we did and different was give it a name. name. But you and know, what, I, you know. Yeah, true. But you know what we've done different? We're fucking beating it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of this country. I love it because look, man, look where we were. Mm-hmm. What my mom went through, dude. What I went through as a kid, my kids are not going through. Mm-hmm. My kids won't. I believe they may not experience it. Right? They're twelve and nine. The racism they're going to get maybe is going to be weird. Mm. It's not going to be like it was for me. We're so stark. And for my my grandparents, can you fucking imagine? So what a beautiful place. Like, um, strides. Strides. I mean, we're not perfect. And, you know, it's hard to tell the wealthy they can't think a certain way. Because that's, I mean, the people that are really in control, you know, the billionaires, they're going to think the way they do with their grandparents and all that. But the normal population, we're kind of blending in an okay. I mean, you know, the, I mean, it's getting in better. Larger sense that the arc of justice is long it, and yeah, it's you know. it's. I was think I think about it a lot. Is it too corrupt, man? Do we need to burn it down? I'm like, nah, I think we can fix it through laws and patience, and these fucking assholes dying off because they're old and like new people get in and things grow. I admire your uh, your optimism you know but watch this David yeah. no other nation on earth that I know of I may be ignorant okay mm-hmm. but in China there's Chinese 
In France, there's the French, okay? In America, we're all here. Where else? Let's be real. In Russia, there's Russians, right? You're eliding certain truths, you know, like, like China is, is doing ethnic cleansing right now. Oh, yeah, God. Let's not even go France there. and Algiers. But let's go, let's know, go to like, India. There's Indians. Okay, so, like, these are lands. Like, I know that the atrocities and stuff. But at least in the United States, we're all here. We could all be in a room together, and you wouldn't even notice it. Where if I was in China, I would stand out. I, I am proud of this. Oh, yeah, right. You know, this is a melting pot. Even yeah, I mean, walking through the hallway, dude, Right. we probably passed half the world in this hallway just getting to the yeah. studio. My wife is from Queens. She's from Kew Gardens, Queens. Uh-huh. Queens is the most linguistically diverse place in the history of the world. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You walk, you go on the subway there, you don't know who it's you're going at. on. You don't know what, like you look at newspapers, when people had newspapers, what they were reading, you couldn't even fuck, like right. recognize what language it was. But I think that's the most beautiful part of this that's place. Great. Because in Ireland, it's Irish, right? And there's other people there, but it's like, there's not, it's not a melting pot, man. This is the only melting pot. Now, Clash of the Titans, the Protestant rule, blah, 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 what's going on? It's been twisted and fucked. Look behind me. But, right, but, like, I jump out of airplanes, man, and travel the world with my wife, jumping out of airplanes. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had a great opportunity here. My kids are going to kick ass here. Right. You know, I... <sighs> I agree. It's I mean, rough, like, man. No. It's rough because, you know, I mean, the, the violence, George Floyd stuff, everything. Everything going on is the, real. The backward steps. It's all so painful. Or or it's yeah. not backward steps. Or it's growing pains. Mm. Or it's things we need to see. You gotta look right. in the mirror and see it. You know, like you know, this is the. At that, least we're dealing with it. That's bro. the gift of the new information age is the ability to. I mean, because George Floyd the, probably has happened a thousand, a thousand times, times. a million times. Right. Um, the guy Aubrey. Mm. Those guys are getting tried on all, right. dude. What a message! Mm. Um, Mrs. Jackson just got put on the Supreme. Well, she's getting nominated mm. for the Supreme. Dude, you can't tell me we're not fucking striding right. forward. You know, but my synagogue just got one of my synagogues just got attempted burnt arson. You know, it's just it's a dumbass and wasn't good at it. The only reason it's still standing. Yeah, man. You know, so and you know somebody's getting fucking beat down right now in the street by some cops. Yeah, but. It's not what it was, Dave. It's good to have hope and uh, and optimism, and I applaud you. <laughs> ah, I see it, though. Yeah. I see it, though. And it's slow mm. and it's hard, but where else? Mm. Where else? No, where I mean, else if can you we think go? About, if you... Canada? No. Mexico? Mexico. Mexico's inviting. Mexico's, dude, Mexico's open-hearted, bro. You oh, know, yeah. Mexico's a great place. Um, Where else? Not Egypt. We're on a broad on. tangent. Let's we're on leave. a broad tangent. No, let's talk about it, though. So, like, Yeah, like, where else has this social experiment ever been tried? Well, I mean, go to London. Yeah, but that's... That's, that's, that's a colonizer. Incredibly diverse place. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Incredibly. Like, more than New York City, even. You, you go to London, uh-huh. you'll be like, whoa, this is incredible. So that's a melting pot. Yeah. But the parliament isn't, is it doesn't reflect that. I don't know. No, they, there are, um, there are, uh, in the, I know that there are women of color in the House of Commons. Hold on. Yeah. Fuck the House of Commons, man. Those are all places that they've fucking taken slaves and, and adapted those people. India, those are all their colonies that they've invited people in and they, that's just, just as bad as us. They're bad too. That's just not good. That's just not the, cool. They've had a, they had a very bad imperialist. <laughs> They're the worst. Experiment. They're the worst on earth. They're the worst on earth. Yeah, I know you don't have to say that, but they're the fucking ones. They're the ones, the British and the Spanish. Come on. It was man. an age of empire. If you talk yeah. about the Americas, yeah. dude, North and South America should be like, fuck Europe, dude. I'm sorry, David. <laughs> but that's the truth. If you think about it, yo, my boy just got back from Rome. They stole all that shit. All that shit stolen, man. The Americas, dude. Oh, damn. This is a tangent, huh? It is a tangent. So we were talking about my trip to Africa. Let's go back to Africa, which isn't going to help. No. <laughs> Especially not South Africa, because that's what we were talking about. I, oh. I, 
I had a really cool experience. I was walking in Lesotho, right? So that, do you okay, know that country? That? So no. L-E-S-O-T-H-O, Lesotho. Okay. It's got its own language, Sotho language and Sesotho. And it's like this little country inside of South Africa. It's a mountain kingdom. So it's like Sweet. really beautiful waterfalls, mountains. Nice. Um, and, you know, I went there and it was like my really like kind of the heart of my trip is really awesome because like we i was on foot backpack away like out in just village land like so how'd you eat i'm just always curious yeah, about so like, well, we were, we're like camping i met this this peace corps volunteer and we you know i went stayed with her and we decided to like go walking in the back country and like so this is no cities just no roads no roads just horse horse trails right from that's it that's it yeah that's intense and uh for miles for miles yeah yeah. and you would like get to like a village it was like a collection of rondavals which are these round houses Uh they're uh you know a cattle dung floor and uh some kind of you know you know thatch roof round houses and they would have like a little little corral which they call a crawl you know for for their goats and stuff and we were you know we were offered food like from a, com- from a communal pot wow on a fire in the middle of this little like and you didn't speak the language no she spoke a little tiny bit and uh you know there'd be like you know two guys over here like scraping a skin you know like getting ready to tan a skin or something and you know people out in the field like it's like a working yeah like a working place and they had like a and just to- totally welcoming pot. no yeah what was in the pot do you know do you some know kind ate? of meat you don't know what it was uh i probably like goat i imagine oh probably a goat. yeah and then like wild. maybe mutton or something yeah what's the difference uh sheep oh, okay nice so that's like how was it? That's a cool experience. Was it delicious? Yeah. And you slept there under the stars. Did they yeah, give you a- yeah, yeah. That was an amazing experience. You know, another really formative experience I had on that trip was that my uh, my friend who I was staying with was uh, she's a big, you know, devoted Christian. So she belonged to this church in the central business district of Johannesburg, which is like really a black city. You know, you talk about white flight in places. Yeah. Not you know, like there's sort of like the 70s, 80s white flight from the, from the you know, industrial cities of the East here. Right. This is a black city, black African. And, you know, the whites were purely out in the suburbs. And so her church was, was pretty much, you know, a black church. There was a couple white people, but she was part of like these, uh, you know, ministries that we would go uh, make huge pots of lentil soup mm-hmm. once a week. This thing was Wednesday nights. And load them up in the back of these vans and drive around to all the homeless camps mm. that were like mega homeless camps. Like they took over like a huge old like factory. It was like a huge... 10-story homeless camp inside with, like, fires and shit. And you would pull up with... With soup uh and bread and medical supplies. And they would just pull. And they would line up. And, yeah, so, like, that was a very formative experience for me because, you know, the people who were involved in that from the church were all former homeless. And, uh, you know, they did... You know, they prayed before and after. It was beautiful. Dude, this this molded you. Yeah. I mean, so was that part of... This that is, was that was what you came back and did. That's what I came back and did. Isn't that beautiful? What yeah. A powerful yeah. And but it was not. That was not uh, ra- a rational step. A you know. No, no, no. But think about think about the young David. Yeah. Cooking these giant vats, right. loading them up, and seeing the poverty, right, and the gratefulness in their eyes, mm-hmm. and the food and the bread. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what I get at your place? Food and bread. Yeah. yeah. Right? You give out the bread. You mm-hmm. used to give out more bread. Now you guys got skimpy with it. <laughs> it's skimflation, my friend. Because <laughs> you used to get big, thick pieces. But that's what you do. That's beautiful, dude. 
What a beautiful background. I'll tell you another story. This is crazy. And this is going to your Celestine prophecy bag. Let's go. Let's go. So this was back in D.C. when I was uh, living there. And there's um, this neighborhood called Adams Morgan, which is definitely a, a melting pot type of neighborhood. Or it was back then. Really cool place. Very vibrant. Um, and my friends and I were kind of cruising the street, you know, maybe got some Ethiopian food or something that night. And we're walking up and down. And uh, ended up. Adams, where is this at? Adams Morgan, D.C. D.C., okay. Cool, 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 cool. And uh, we stopped and ended up like chatting with these two homeless guys. I don't know if they're homeless technically, but you know, they're just like kind of like. Out there. They're out there. This guy and I like got into this pretty deep talk, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much of it, but he looked at me and I said these things to me. I never forget. What? He said, "I can see in your forehead. I can see, like he was reading my forehead. You will use mathematics. You will be the spoon." That stirs the alphabet soup of the world. Wow. Well, you don't forget when someone tells you That's that. That's powerful. And I didn't think back. <coughs> you know, I didn't even remember that until like well into the Soup Peddler project. You will be the spoon that stirs the alphabet soup of the world. Mm-hmm. You will use mathematics. Yeah. So, pretty crazy. Like, yeah. When I look back on that. I mean, certainly, I don't believe in magic. But you got a lot of magic not to believe in magic. But that's uh, that was pretty crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I love the story. Mm. Um, what other adventures in Africa? What other adventures? Um, huh? Any 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 sketchy experiences? I don't remember anything like that. I mean, there's, um, you know, I had amazing experiences. Right. I, I ended up hooking up with a group of uh, sort of various expats, little mm-hmm. collection when I was in Lusaka, Zambia. And, you know, you go from sort of <coughs> backpacker's lodge to backpacker's lodge. So, right. You know, there's only so many like, like hostels. Yeah, hostels, right. And uh, so this was a uh, Kiwi guy who was married to the South African girl and this British gal and and I, you know, ended up going off on an adventure from there together. And we took a train up to Dar es Salaam uh, in in Tanzania. And then we went to Zanzibar, took a boat over to Zanzibar, which is like, Zanzibar, that's that's a real place? It's like Casablanca or some shit. That's a real place. (laughs) Yeah. And this is magical, beautiful island. I had this amazing, you know, a lot of really cool uh, and that's a real melting pot place too. Uh, it's like a vertex in kind of a lot of like currents of different cultures on the East African coast. Okay. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stories there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, um, what's next for David Ansel out here in the world? That's in the hardest question that you've asked. I don't know. I you know right now I'm a I'm a family man. I'm a dad, mm-hmm. and like my, a lot of my energy goes into the family, so right and on. into bringing up a very special daughter and uh, being a good husband and all that stuff. I'd be the great dude, mm. man. This has been fun, David. Is that it? Well, no, well, no, no. <laughs> we're not it. We're not it. We're not it. I just uh, we're gonna read the book. Oh and, right. And, right. And I want to. Um, can you pull up some of his music at the end? Oh, uh, what is up with the green screen? It's not working. No, my internet is down. <laughs> so, any questions for me, Dave? Um. Well, what's next for you? You told me a bit. Yeah, more trips. Yeah, more trips. Mm-hmm. We just figured out. Do Mexico's a mystery? You know, it's a mystery. It's a wonderful it's the place. The best. It's a beautiful place. People are so good. And away they, from the cities, yeah. the people are so good. Mm-hmm. You got to get out of the airport for mm-hmm. one, yeah, right. And then you got to get out of the city, and then it's wonderful. The food is get out insane. Get out. It's the here. highest culinary. Was that Mexico? Was the pollo only? 
yo, we we were starving. We were going to Mexico. Uh-huh. We were going to an airport. This just tells you, like, just the reality of life mm-hmm. outside of America, right? So we're starving. We're looking around. There's a sign. We're going to get this restaurant, little quick restaurant before we get to the airport, right? And we walk up. And there's menus, and like it's a little place. It's a little place. It's real quiet. There's like one dude who's wasted <laughs> at a table <laughs> eating, and there's like one other family. And there's like this upstairs kitchen, and you can see these girls up there talking, but there's not much going on. And she walks down. And we're like, oh, we were like a like, I don't know. We start reading off the menu. She's mm. like, oh no no no, solamente de pollo, like yeah, only yeah. only chicken. We were like, oh, okay, chicken. We were like, a chicken. She's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> She's like, to chicken? Like like yeah. American? To chicken? We were yeah. like, yeah, to chicken, right? And she brought down beans, rice, chicken, tortillas, mm-hmm. the fucking whole mix, dude. But that's what it was. That's what they were serving that day. There was nothing else. Yeah. And it was off the hook. Yeah. So good. Like, Very we well. were looking at each other, like, high-fiving and mm-hmm. dancing and shit. You know what I mean? Toasted it's the most tortillas. brilliant. It's the most, to me, it's the highest culinary in the world. It's. Are you in the mole? Oh yeah, like that's just mole is just one little tiny thing. That is vast. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's so diverse. It's so brilliant. You know, it's yeah. I love it. I mean, it's the greatest. Mm-hmm. We're about to go eat tacos now. <laughs> what an influence. Yeah. Right, what? What one hour? Okay, yeah, we got we got to cap it off. Okay, all you right, so we're gonna this? bring the book up. Okay. We can't bring any of his music up. You can, we can do it in post. Okay, we'll yeah. do it in post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, what a sound! Where's that sound from? What? The banda ba ba ba. It's like very music. It's um. It sounds like a lot of brass instruments. So brass would be a. We can, this is a long conversation. I don't know if you want to get into it, but like we'll, we'll, we'll come back and finish. But set me off because well, because the, it's fun. It makes you want yeah. to bounce, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, some of it is celebration music, but there's yeah, like <laughs> hey, you want to like kick your feet and shit, wear a black coat and have a hat on and shit. That's right. So what are those instruments? Give me the instruments real quick. Well, that's a trumpet, tuba. That clangy thing is me playing a uh, cymbalum, which is a hammer dulcimer. We got a fiddle, accordion, flute. Holy cow! Uh, it's an ensemble. Yeah, at our, I mean, clarinets uh, very common. We don't have one currently necessarily, but we have a singer. So what's the band name? Mazeltov Cocktail Hour. All right, spell it though, because it's a... uh, just like it sounds. Mazeltov Cocktail. Mazeltov Cocktail Hour. Yeah. Right. It's uh, it's very special, but uh, there's a lot to talk about there. That's All right, yeah, we'll come back and talk about yeah. that again. David, man, this has been fun. Should I do this? Hey, it blasted through. It didn't feel like an hour, did no, it? No, no, no. Right on. So, no shit that I was, thought I was going to die. Skydive Stories. Hey, Wazzy Circus Radio, thanks for checking us out. What fun shows, man. Thank you for supporting us. We're going to keep this shit rocking. If you're ever in Austin, if you ever come to the tunnel, we're going to Soup Pad, man. It's so good. It's a little expensive, Dave. It's a little expensive. Oh, I'm about to raise the prices. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Austin. Yeah, fuck it, Austin. Welcome to life in the big city. Oh, man. Can I get like a, a card or something? An old-timer? Yeah. Old-timer card? <laughs> a coin? Because <laughs> Austin used to show coins. All right. You All didn't right. find a story pre that? What's that? I didn't find a story. All right, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. All right, so, okay. Uh, Wazzy Circus, Canopy Adventures. Um, what we do is we go run down dunes so you can learn how to land. Your parachute. We go once a year. If you need to, if you're a new jumper or not, come with us. We skydive from 18 grand in the mornings. We land parachutes on the beaches. Cozumel's coming up. It's more of a family adventure. It's not really a party adventure. Um, it's Cozumel Playa. We don't know where the drop zone's at right now. Uh, you will land at the condos. It's it's amazing. And then Costa Rica is Costa Rica. Boom. You got one. I'm feeling Dave. All, all right. right. All right. I'll go. I'll, uh, I'll go for it here. All right, go ahead, man. It was a night jump. I jumped into the Nationals in Marina, Arizona, out of Spanky's Beach at around midnight in 1969 with a group from Los Angeles. We used the pool as our point of reference because that was the only bright thing outlined with lights that we were sure of. We had no idea of the wind conditions on the ground. 
Turns out it was blowing from a hundred feet down. I thought I could see the direction in which the planes were tied down, so we used that as the direction for the jump. In reality, Spanky knew all along which direction to point us. He just just putting up with all of our corrections until he got tired of us calling him out. And then he just said, time to get out. When I got down to 60 or 70 feet, I could see that all the plants were running in the wrong direction and faster than I expected. I did a last chance 180 turn back into the wind to try and slow down a little on landing. My touchdown, my mane wrapped around a bush, so I didn't need to cut it away. At zero dark 30, the desert is very cold, so I slept, wrapped in my mane, and had some of it propped up over that bush so the rising sun would not beat down on me. I had some candy and a beer in my leg pocket, so I was all set for breakfast when I got up. We ended up landing all over the county, and it took some time in the mor- morning light to get everyone rounded up. That's a fucked up story. Hey, will you mm. sign and date that, David? Sure thing. So this cat landed off and just slept in his canopy. Yeah. That was 1969. That's crazy. We didn't have cell phones and shit. David Ansel. Great pleasure. Hey, man. We'll come back and do this again, and we'll talk about... I'm interested in what you're doing. We didn't even talk about music. I mean, that's... that's, Don't... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, last question. Will you come fly with me, please? Okay. Thank you, man. All right. We don't have to spin or anything. Right on. You might love it, bro. You're a musician. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. the expression is, is amazing. I can dig it. I can dig it. You're the coolest dude I right. know, David. <laughs> Thank you. Wazzy Circus Radio, hit me up. Patreon, baby. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. I'll let you, boy. Taco time. Yeah, that was fun, man. Yeah. Do see you learn a lot.